0: It is the end of November 2022, and many here in America had yet another opportunity to celebrate Thanksgiving just a couple of days ago. But like Christmas and Easter, Thanksgiving has become largely polluted with worldly influence to the point that the origin of the holiday is greatly ignored and resisted. Who were those Puritans, anyway? Probably most can't answer that anymore. On today's Keeping It Real, we will expose the spirit of ungratefulness that has swept through our culture, an attempt to reveal what real gratefulness looks like and how we can know we're living it out. So stay tuned for today's episode entitled, Thankful from Zero to 365. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. are we tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie Geese. Welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real. I'm your host, Ollie G. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Keeping It Real podcast as we keep pumping these episodes out and certainly hope that you in turn continually get blessed by them as they get uh, released and dropped to you. Today, we're going to be zeroing in on thankfulness, something that has really gone extinct. Um, A spirit of thanksgiving now has been limited to just once a year, if that, Uh, at least between Thanksgiving and Christmas and years gone by, there kind of like was a spirit of Thanksgiving that kind of went all through those few weeks in that time period. But now that whole way of life has been replaced. It's gotten even so bad that I observed or noticed that the TV reporter uh, previewing the Giants-Cowboys game that was played on thanksgiving day the families that were involved on the broadcast team and he's basically said that thanksgiving's about feast family and football didn't even mention faith and i thought that that was very telling that this is kind of where we've become or where we've gotten to as a culture it it wasn't just the opinion or the perspective of this one television reporter i believe that that spirit has swept through Our culture as a nation. And we have had a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of gratefulness that has been replaced. Thanksgiving, and now I'm talking about in general, not necessarily the holiday. The spirit of thanksgiving has been replaced with a worldly brand of life. It's been replaced with anger and strife and bitterness and animosity, basically, a way of life that exalts self. And that has permeated our day. That has ruled the day uh, within our culture at large. Thanksgiving is not really even thought of, much less mentioned anymore. And people, if they do mention being thankful or what or who they're thankful for, it's kind of uh, oftentimes done in passing or it's not very heartfelt. It's just kind of stale. It just has a, it, it, it it's almost like a photo op or it's it's just an opportunity just to kind of in passing say, oh, yeah, by the way, this is what I'm thankful for. God and his goodness should have us thankful for real. Closer to th- 365 days a year instead of closer to zero days a year. Hence the title of this show, Thankful from Zero to 365. If you're driving in your automobile and you're looking to get on the interstate, you might be stopped at a red light and obviously you're going zero miles an hour, you are stationary. As soon as that light turns green and you're able to get on the entrance ramp, uh, you start hitting 30, maybe 35 miles an hour, you're moving, but you're certainly not at the speed that you're going to be at when you're on the interstate. And then when you get on <clears throat> when you get on the interstate, you're going at about 55, 60, 70, or 80, or 100 miles an hour. No, I'm just joking. Uh, hopefully nobody's going 100 miles an hour unless you're driving on the Autobahn and Germany or someplace like that, but uh, you kind of catch the drift. Too many Christians, dare I say, are stationary when it comes to this subject of thankfulness or they may be moving, but not very much, not very legitimately comes to kingdom of God, brand of living. And again, the precepts on this, keeping it real podcast build off of one another. We have a rhythm to this podcast. And on this 16th episode of the podcast, you can refer back to a number of the past episodes. And by the way, if you have not listened to all the previous episodes, if you've missed any, I would encourage you greatly to catch up and binge listen to those episodes so that uh, you can kind of get more of the complete picture of what this episode and the ensuing episodes will be about. Thankful from zero to 365 what is the concept there obviously 365 days in a year and too many of us as christians only get thankful on certain occasions we only get we only get thankful on 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 certain days good days days where something favorable happens maybe we got a raise at the job or maybe we got a a, a good health report and we make that a praise item Or maybe uh, something else good happened. Teenage son or daughter scored a goal in soccer or scored the winning basket in basketball for the high school team. There are all kinds of instances like that that are certainly worthy of praise and certainly, certainly something that those things shouldn't be slighted as far as us being grateful or having a spirit of thanksgiving. But really, our whole lives should be a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. And that includes the hardships, the pains, the trials, the difficulties. In fact, Paul even said in Corinthians, he said that uh, in his difficulties and hardships and things like that, he knows that he's weak, but while he's weak, he gives credit to Christ, knowing that Christ is his strength or Christ is strong. James was very blunt, saying, count it all joy when you enter into various trials. So we are going to expose On today's episode of this podcast, we're going to expose the spirit of unthankfulness, and then we are going to elevate or magnify what a spirit of thankfulness looks like and how hopefully we will be entering more therein as a result of going through this episode here today. The core verse uh, that we're going to use for this show today is found in Philippians chapter four, verse six, which says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That's, again, Philippians 4, verse 6. When we are unthankful, we are under circumstantial rule. When a a, a person is unthankful, no matter how they are unthankful, no matter what they are unthankful 4, which is pretty much everything when someone has a spirit or does not have a spirit of thanksgiving, they are under circumstantial rule. Again, I refer back to our core verse in Philippians 4, verse 6. It starts off with, do not be anxious about anything. One of the tactics of the enemy, the enemy being the devil, also known as Satan, the enemy's tactics is to have us focus on stuff, stuff that happens stuff that transpires in our life or around that 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 surrounds our life do not be anxious about anything paul says now i want to bear in mind that when paul writes this he is writing from jail he on the surface one would think he doesn't really have all that much to be thankful for he is in a philippian jail he's not in an american prison Okay, which would be a walk in a park compared to the jail that he was in. He writes, however, from jail, from a dungeon, very cold, damp, chained to other prisoners, in all likelihood has very little to eat. He doesn't have any friends really down there, at least not at the from the jump or not for most of the duration while he's in there. He writes, do not be anxious about anything the enemy's tactic is to have us focus on stuff oh man my toilet's clogged so that just ruins my day well it shouldn't but that would be a tactic of the enemy and it doesn't matter what it is you could get a flat tire you could get a demotion in your job you could get a bad report from uh, your family doctor and i'm not belittling those things those are hard all hard things to one degree or another I'm not saying that we should delight in getting a flat tire on the interstate in the pouring rain, or even if it was a bright, sunny day for that matter. It certainly is not good news, and it's hard to have cheerfulness in our heart when the doctor gives us a grim report in regards to our health. However, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. When we are anxious, and I'm talking about having a continual, habitual anxiousness over all kinds of things that are a part of our life that surround our life or that are greatly that are things that are infiltrating our life or that are a part of us paul says do not be anxious about those things now it's not to say that we are going to live an exact an anxiety free life you have been anxious before and so have i so has everyone and i've been anxious a good number of times in my life. But God doesn't want us to stay there. God wants our nature to become more and more new. As we talked about on this very podcast a couple of episodes ago, the core verse for that particular episode was, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, all things are become new. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. With God being at the control panel, our lives would change, they should change, more into his image, more for his glory. The more kingdom-oriented we become, as we get anxious about less, that we claim the principles of Scripture like this one, and we allow the power of Christ to deal with those things that we're struggling with in life those areas that we fall short those things that those the, those areas where we falter we allow christ to come in with his grace his love his power his authority and change us more into his image and then we get anxious less the goal isn't here to be anxiety free the goal is to become anxiety less so do not be anxious about anything. Doesn't The implication here isn't to be anxiety-free, although it would be wonderful if we could reach that, but it's to grow, to become anxiety-less and be all the more dependent upon God. But if we're not peeling away these things that are getting the way, in the way of our fellowship with the Lord and anxiety is ruling the day, it's because we are under circumstantial rule. We are allowing the things of this world to dictate how we're going to feel, to dictate our mood, to dictate how we're going to interact with other people, to dictate how we're just even going to be in our persona, in our own private lives. Do not be anxious about anything. It's, an, it's a tactic of the enemy to have us focus on stuff, the stuff that happens, oftentimes being outside of our control. We also are under circumstantial rule in the enemy. We allow the enemy's tactics to have us focus on the people who bring on the stuff. The enemy's tactics have us focus on people who bring on the stuff. Now, I know our battle is not against flesh and blood, but a lot of times we think it is. We make it out to be like it is, even with us as Christians a lot of times. we may, we We fail a lot of times, or we falter because... We just think, oh, man, they're slighting us. I got these enemies over here. They're slighting me. They're backbiting me. They're gossiping about me. And so therefore, yeah, I'm going to be kind of ticked off at them. I view them at, at, in, with an angry spirit. I got, I'm got. i going to hold them in contention. That it also is a tactic of the enemy. God says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, we are to look to him for the answers in the middle of a distressing situation. But if we don't look to him, then we are under circumstantial rule. We only look at the things that are bugging us out. We only look at the things and at the people who are bringing on those things as the objects of our distress and there's no way out and I'm not really looking to find the way out other than just to hit my default switch, my fleshly default switch of anger and resentment. So there is a worldly circumstantial plague that is going on. And it's because the world, and Satan has been the mastermind behind this, is the world has brought on a measuring system. Found yourself complaining that you don't have what somebody else has? And I'm not talking just in along the lines of material possessions, although of course it can certainly include that. But man, I don't have the rhythm that that family has. I don't. I didn't receive the up, the the kind upbringing that this person did. Oh, I didn't receive that promotion like so and so did, and I feel like I deserved it more than the other person. There are all kinds of ways that we could get into getting lulled into evaluating just ourselves according to a worldly measuring system. And I'm not talking about, you know, measuring distance, like how many miles, how many yards, how many inches something is, or how much something weighs according to ounces, grams, and pounds. I'm talking about comparing ourselves with others and the world. And Satan has totally infiltrated the world with this kind of thinking. And it's also then swept into the church. Other folks, just even within the within the body of Christ, or people who at least name the name of Christ, and we look at, oh, they have more going on than we do. Or this person over here is treated by this way by a bunch of other people, but I'm treated differently. I'm treated a little bit less uh, satisfactorily than this person. We get into diving into that measuring system all the time. And we've got to do away with that. There is a there is a worldly measuring system that brings on complaint central. We need to look no further than the nation of Israel when they were in the wilderness. They were constantly complaining. Why were they complaining? Because they looked at what they didn't have, whether if it was a, 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 a home base of where to stay or food of what they thought they should deserve to get or what they should eat because they ate a certain way when they were back in Egypt and they didn't quite have the same diet when they were in the wilderness. They were constantly complaining, and they were complaining against Moses because they looked at Moses as the one, well, you're the one that led us out of Egypt. At least back there, we had pots of stew to, to stand around and eat from. Now we got nothing. We just look around and we see a big fat sense of nothingness. Not even realizing how God had protected them, and God was with them, and God went before them in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. God had blessed them abundantly, but they it was complaint central to them. So we've got to turn from circumstantial rule to repentance. If you're listening to this and you have not realized it, but maybe after listening to this episode of the podcast here today, If you have been under circumstantial rule, the call is to turn from that, come into the place of repentance, and God will accept that offering, just like he accepted the offerings that the people gave to atone for their sin back in Leviticus and Numbers. So when we are unthankful, we are under circumstantial rule, and the cure for that is to turn from that, repent of that. And then begin being thankful well listen that's a, just a catchphrase right thankful yeah i'm thankful for her. i'm th- one of the greatest things that has discouraged me especially in being uh, around uh, through the years a number of years i've been a christian nearly 27 years and i've been around all kinds of different people and there are a good number of them that when we opened it up to praise sessions Um, people just, there are a couple of people, I knew exactly what they were going to say. I knew what they were going to say long before they said it. In fact, I would even say in my mind what they were going to say word for word. And I almost had it right. There are a couple instances I had it right for a one minute or two minute praise thing, because they would praise for the same exact things every time. And it was almost word for word. It's like it was a tape recorder and. Those of you listening now, I'm kind of showing my age. Any of you that are younger listeners that are under 30 probably don't even know what a tape recorder is. (laughs) But those of you that are older know exactly what I'm talking about. So, when thankful, we are under divine rule. When we're unthankful, we're under circumstantial rule. When we're thankful, we are under divine rule. I refer back again to our core verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Listen, God in his goodness should have us thankful for real. Closer to 365 days instead of closer to zero days a year. We'll expound more on that as we go. But for now, when we're thankful, we are under divine rule. I mean truly thankful. We will come to God by prayer and petition, much like Moses did when he entered the holy of holies. He would come not only for himself but on behalf of the whole nation. He would enter into the holy of holies to uh, present offerings, you know, and there were offerings presented to atone for sin and 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 then he would come to God, he would have, he would have dialogue with God and he would his covenant relationship with God would just be magnified in that area of the tabernacle. Likewise, the disciples, when they were in the upper room, Christ instructed them to wait there. Wait there for what? Or more should I say, who? Wait for the Holy Spirit. But as they waited, they were all there. They gathered together in one place. They were of one accord. And what were they doing? They were seeking the face of God in prayer. They weren't in the business of doing anything else. They wanted to pray they were under the unction of God to pray. And when we are thankful, those are the places that we will habitually find ourselves in, in the place of prayer. Now, I want to expound a bit on this concept of prayer because it has been often referenced in Christian circles. Prayer referenced is not real prayer. If I just make a reference to prayer and I lay out some prayer requests and to say, yeah. So and so needs uh, a job, and 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 Bobby needs uh, some healing. He's got a bad health report, and um, Jill needs uh, some direction. And then we just kind of pray though, according to those things, um, in a very liturgical or very robotic kind of way. That's not real prayer. Prayer exercised is not real prayer. So again, if we take those prayer requests or we just enter into the place of prayer and we just pray because we know it's a Christian duty of ours to do, or we know because the Bible instructs us pray without ceasing, or we, as it says in our core verse by prayer and petition, you know, we, we know it's a good idea and we know it's a scriptural concept to pray. Um, We also miss out on really what prayer is. Prayer is personal. The moment you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our personal savior, we entered into a personal relationship with him. And so a big part of that relationship is prayer. It is talking to God and also listening to God, but it is personal. It is not something that we just do like a workout program. It's not something like I do when I decide to go for a run. It's just something to kind of keep in shape or get in better shape or to promote good health that has its value, but that it pretty much sticks to that. There's nothing else really that is a part of my run. I mean, yeah, it helps clear my head a little bit. There's some other little supplementary su- supplementary benefits that go into going on a run, but that's all it is. Prayer is a lot more than just coming into a place of prayer and praying. Because we know it's a good idea or we know that it's scriptural or we know that it is um, an, a, a place of obedience or obeying the, to the, the, the mandate to pray, shall we say. Prayer has got to be personal. It's got to be personal when we pray with other folks. It's got to be prayer when we're praying individually in our own prayer closets. It is personal. It is something where I'm laying it all down to the lo- before the Lord. I'm I, I might be broken. I might have a spirit of joy. I might not say much of anything and just look to have a listening ear for Him, looking for Him to teach me. I might be just opening up to a spirit of praise, and we are going to get more into that here in just a moment. But prayer is personal. It is amazing to me how many things how many things are more personal to us than our own personal relationships with God for those of us who are believers that are listening to this episode of the podcast. There are things that are more personal to us. I've seen it. I've observed it. I can just tell from being around folks. There are things that are more personal to, to a number of believers. There families more personal. Um, what's for dinner can even be more personal. Job certainly is more personal because that's the resource that we think Uh, that we draw off of, that we're able to live and able to eat and pay the electric bill. No, the thing that should be most personal is our personal relationship with Christ. Nothing should compete with that. And nothing should be more personal, not even close to more personal than that. Prayer is personal. Now, prayer without thanksgiving is empty. Notice what it says in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Not just at Thanksgiving the last Thursday in November. Not just when it's a, a holiday like Christmas or Easter. Pray with thanksgiving. We are to be praying often. And dare I say every day. And again, not out of obligation, not out of, oh, I better obey the Lord in this thing. It should be because I want to meet with God. God rescued me from a life of sin. God transformed my life. God has washed me in the blood of the lamb. God has renewed me and restored me. God is continually showing me things on his magnificence and His marvelous works and His goodness and His glory. I ought to be coming to God by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Without thanksgiving, it's empty. I ought to be coming to Him with thanksgiving. You can't, listen, you cannot read through the book of Psalms without understanding this concept of thanksgiving. But I'll uh, lay out a couple of verses and principles of Scripture here. Psalm 9, verse 1. I will give thanks to you, Lord. With all my heart, I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. How about uh, Psalm chapter 100, beginning in verse 4. Now begin in verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. You can't help but to read the book of Psalms, especially the Psalms that David wrote, and understand that there is a, a just an overflowing emphasis of thanksgiving. Think of the life of David. I mean, he had it going on pretty well as a young boy. He was a shepherd, and yeah, he got picked on by his older brothers, and he was viewed as less than, but... He loved taking care of the sheep and he loved uh, taking care of things or helping having such a servant's heart for his dad. But then after rescuing, dare I say, rescuing the whole nation of Israel from the hands of Goliath and the mighty Philistine army, he's on the run. He had to be on the run. And I believe he penned many of these Psalms while he was alone, alone, hiding out in caves, Hardly having a friend in the world. Think about, he didn't even have a job, Johnny, to go to. He didn't know where his next meal was coming from. He had very little fellowship. He was in some dire and grave circumstances. Yet, he would have the unction to pen a lot of the Psalms that we read in within the book of Psalms of the Holy Bible. When we are thankful, we are under divine rule. I would say David, in his very early life or early ministry, as before he was anointed king and right after he was anointed king, in those early years, he was under divine rule. He had it going on with God. And it's because he wasn't unthankful. He didn't even allow himself to even think about. Getting into a realm of, why am I out here, Lord? Why am I on the run? I've done all of these wonderful things in your name, and why am I out here? That's We don't read that. We don't find that in the Psalms. We see some things in the Psalms where he was struggling. He was transparent with God about his struggles and how he was weak. But he always emphasized, my hope is in God. Even though I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He was constantly looking to the Lord, and he knew that if he was under divine rule, one way or another, things were going to work out for not only his good, but God's glory. So, being thankful has got to be in our veins, in our bloodstream, as we grow in Christ. If this has not been the case, dare I say that there has probably been a lot more of a spirit of unthankfulness there has been of thankfulness it is time we transition from on the thankful barometer scale from being closer to zero to being closer to 365. that is instead of being closer to zero days out of the year and being thankful instead we should be a lot closer to 365 days a year of being thankful listen if you or i have been thankful For less than 37 days in a year, and I would find that to be quite possible, we are less than 10% thankful to the Lord, to the creator of the universe, to the sustainer of life, to the savior of our hearts and of our souls. We are less than 10% thankful. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Being under divine rule is being saturated by the spirit of God. So with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in other words, you and I cannot come into the throne of grace, as it says in the book of Hebrews, we cannot come into the throne of grace in just asking mode, in just request mode. Oh God, why haven't you done this for me yet? You haven't done this for me lately. When is this going to turn around? How is this going to work out? Instead of doing that, we ought to be coming and presenting our requests with thanksgiving. Lord, here's my request, but I know your answer might be no. And if your answer is no, that means that's the best answer. And I thank you for that answer because I don't want the answer to be yes. If that is not for my best, if that is not for my good, and most importantly, if it's not for your glory, God, you do what you want in my life. May your will be done. And I will thank you for that. No matter how difficult it may seem, no matter how hard it might be to live through, God, I am going to come to you with this Thanksgiving and I'm going to continually have this Thanksgiving each day of the year, not just in certain moments or in certain times where I am able to receive an incredible grace due to getting a blessing of God. I am going to be thankful for all instances because of who you are and what you have done and how you have proven yourself over and over. We're, listen, we're either under circumstantial rule or under divine rule. Which is it? I mean, if we were to really examine ourselves and be honest, which is it? The thankful barometer will reveal that. When was the last time that you can actually recall where you poured your heart out to God and you were really thankful? I mean, really thankful, not just for the obvious blessings, but thankful for everything. When was the last time we just even poured our hearts out to God being thankful that we have hot running water, we have a car that starts, we have money to be able to put gas in the gas tank, we're able to fire a computer on, we're able to have a good night's sleep, we're able to be in decent health. When was the last time we thanked God for just even the smallest provisions, being able to uh, have safety in the midst of a chaotic world? When was the last time we praised God that we've lived for as long as we have? I mean, a few years ago, I got third degree burns on my legs. It was a miracle of God that I made it through that. And to be honest with you, I praise God for that because I was in the middle of a, a, a horrific situation vocationally. And it was awful. And that situation is what led me out of there. And while I had to endure incredible pain, I now look back on it and can praise the living God that he used that. And even though it was, it was agony for a month coming out of the, on the other side of that, I was able to move on from a terrible vocational situation to a much better one than I have now. We got to work towards 365 days of thankfulness and not look back. Wherever you're at on that barometer scale of thanksgiving, look to inch closer to 365. Don't stay at the red light. Don't stay on the entrance ramp, but get on the interstate and get to where you're able to get more and more thankful. And that is coming into God's presence in the place of prayer with thanksgiving, presenting our requests to God. If you enjoyed this episode, I greatly encourage you to share this episode with people that you know, especially if there's somebody that you know that you can think of that you think would be greatly encouraged and blessed from this episode, that it would just give them a great shot in the arm and it would give them some joy to their day and to their, to their week. Please share this episode of Keeping It Real, and we look forward to having you back again next time because as another episode is coming out within the next two weeks.